0: We've been walking with David for a while now in the first reading of the weekday masses, and uh, in, the, in the reading previous, uh, and, and also we heard a little bit of it on Monday when the... Was it Monday when the Archbishop came? Yes. Good Lord. Uh, it, uh, we, we heard a, a little bit of that continuation, but it's a, it's a, a lengthy story. that is goes for a couple weeks, really, and it's about the troubles that David, the king of Israel and Judah, uh, encounters. And we see him near nearer, the end of, of his difficulties here in this reading. And he, what he does is he decides to number the people, which, I mean, we do that all the time. And, well, by all the time, I mean every 10 years the U.S. is... is Um, Entrusted the Census Bureau is entrusted with the census and essentially that's all he's doing is is he's ordered his generals uh, to count the people in a way that um, He's looking for the strength of the people so he asked to count the the men who are are eligible to uh, to fight uh, it essentially But that gives also an idea of of the size of the population as well and he does so out of anxiety Uh, He has just um, really by the hand of God, even though it meant the death of his own son, uh, overcame a rebellion. Uh, God basically delivered um, David and his soldiers from the hands of, of his rebellious son. But he, he wept, of course, as any father would, for the death of his son, even though his son had, had rebelled against him, had wanted to kill him. He, uh, he wept for his son. And his, his place had been quite insecure he actually had to flee Jerusalem at one point and so he is he is quite an anxious man i would think and i don't really imagine we can blame him for that there is a technical term and and maybe some of our some of our college students can could tell me uh but there's it's the when anxiety causes you to to count things does anybody know anybody what's that It is. It is a form of obsessive compulsion. Exactly. Absolutely. So uh, that helps to to narrow it. Thank you. Um, But there's there's even a more specific uh, term for uh, this really obsessive need to, to just count things and i have experienced it before actually um, particularly after going to big conferences and stuff and being in charge of a group of, of young people and of course you always want to bring back the same number that you left with so preferably the same ones but as long as they look similar than their parents <laughs> might not notice but it is a very anxious time especially i remember being in indianapolis uh, just a couple months ago for the national catholic youth conference and just thinking how easy it would have been for somebody to do something terrible um but that's all anxiety talking and so i don't know if you've been in a position like that but you count you just kind of count uh count heads make sure everybody's there in the sea of of other you know, teenagers, making sure your group is is all together. But I've seen that in in difficult times in my life, just winding up, just counting stuff. And there's something about that action that um, can pretend to give us comfort, if you've experienced that at all. Um, And here's David, and he wants to count his people. He specifically wants to count those who are able to fight. And I'm not sure if God told him he shouldn't do this, but uh, truth be told, his son Solomon uh, was guilty of the same uh, sin. His son Solomon uh, specifically went against God's orders and and did the very same thing as his father did. But he goes out and, and he counts the people, which says, I am in charge of my own future. I need to know how many men I can count on so that I can fight whatever the next battle is that's coming up. And that's the sin, the lack of humility, the lack of trust. And we can easily look at this and say, well, that's a vengeful God at work, isn't it? You do this, and here's your list of choices of punishments. And that's actually how I used to see it as well, until it struck me. God already had these three things in mind, and David actually recognized his fault before he was told. And so perhaps, perhaps God relented in God's punishment anyways. Perhaps all three were actually the punishment that he was going to receive. And because he recognized his sinfulness and came like a a sorrowful child to his father, asked for forgiveness before being caught. And we, in our times of anxiety, I know I have for sure. Uh, I have in the past uh, told my story at, at, uh, at, at the homely time, but I'll, I'll save that for another, another time. But I'm, I'm always ready to tell anyone um, the difficulties I've encountered and the anxiety and the, the things that I uh, got into, trying to uh, find relief from that trying to take it into my own hands, trying to, to control my own life. And we can get into any, any number of things. It's, it's very very rather simple. And that's the, the lack of faith that Jesus is encountering in the gospel. We, we present ourselves as people of faith and, and others can easily look at us and say, well, aren't you just a sinner, you're just like me. Why do you think you're so holy? Why do you think you're so perfect? And that's precisely the wrong impression, I think. We go out into the world having experiences like this, having encountered God, having been given the great gift of a spiritual mountaintop experience that this is meant to be. We go out in the world not to witness to our perfection, but to witness to our imperfections. The way in which instead of trying to take our own lives into our own hands, the way in which we could count, these are the ways in which I am going to control my life. We hand those over to God. It's not easy and you won't do so perfectly. That's all right. That's how it always works. We come before our God, who like a perfect parent, uh, desires what's best for us. And there may be uh, consequences. We, we do something that's wrong and that takes us to a place where there will be famine and pestilence and war. We're the ones who lead ourselves there. It's God's light that leads us back out. It says that there's something better than this, something better than this constant struggle to... Uh, Gain the upper hand. Take these few days, especially as you're preparing to transition in a way that you expect and you understand, but you can't fully realize until you're in the midst of it. Your lives will uh, be changed. Freshman year of college is often one of the most difficult years of life. And it's exciting and it's wonderful, but this is meant to prepare you for that Uh, which can be very anxious-ridden. So take this time. Be in the presence of God and count on your sisters who are too opening up about their own vulnerabilities, their own weaknesses, their own ways in which God has led them through their own battles. Listen to those. Have the vulnerability, the openness of heart, the, the kindness for others to share those struggles as well because by doing so, we actually help others. We show others the way, not because we're holier than they are, but because we desire to show everyone the guiding light of Jesus Christ who leads us all to a new way of life.